What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, give the podcast five stars if you're feeling it is deserving of so, and that will help propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts, giving it more national and international visibility super helpful to uh growing the show and contributing to the sustainability of this thing and just getting more exposure for the folks that come on so appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so you can also check out the dan cable presents youtube channel which features a bunch of in-studio performances and live show performances and uh click subscribe there and then you will know when fresh videos hit the feed DanCablePresents.com is the central location to find everything going on. And the new episode uploads there every Friday as soon as it's available. But uh, if you just click subscribe wherever you're listening to this from, then uh, the new episode will pop up in your feed as soon as, uh, as soon as it has been uploaded. And then you don't have to go looking for it. Super stoked to, uh, to get into episode 196, Star Over Blue is on the podcast and I had a killer chat with Dirk and Kendall super fun hang with them talking about their music and uh, how they got things started and the the dynamic between the two of them in their writing process and, and creative process so super fun hang is is ahead here momentarily I do want to shout out that this band star over blue is playing on January 16th at the uh, at Holocene here in Portland, Oregon. And they are playing with former guests of the podcast, Young Elk, who was uh, maybe on the podcast in the in the first year or so of getting this thing going. It was uh, many moons ago that Zeke came on the podcast and, and chatted up with me. So Young Elk is on that bill. And Silver Metal, it's their EP release show. So Silver Metal... Young Elk and Star Over Blue, January 16th at Holocene. Just a, uh, that's like next Thursday. So if you're, uh, if you're around Portland, Oregon, Holocene, Thursday night, January 16th, go see these bands. And uh, I will also include the links to uh, Star Over Blue's music and Instagram handles so you can follow along with them if you dig what you hear and uh, try to catch one of their upcoming shows, whether it's here in Portland, Oregon, or, or when they hit the road sometime. And what else? What else? Other calendar dates. I'm uh, I'm DJing at church on January 22nd. That sounds right. Yeah, January 22nd. I'll be at church spinning the digital jams over there. Some, uh, some funk, some hip-hop, some soul, R&B. 
all the goods, some classics, some deep cuts, everything in between. So I'm there on uh, January 22nd and I think February 19th as well, which is a little further out, but uh, a couple couple church DJ gigs and uh, been having lots of fun doing uh, doing the DJ thing this uh, this past year. So looking forward to getting into some more of it here in 2020. Also, one last calendar day before we uh, get into this thing. On January 24th, there is a uh, a really good hip hop rap show going on at Mississippi Pizza. It is uh, it's going to be the EP release for Alexander McKenzie, who will be on this podcast in the next uh, week or so. Really stoked for this show. Sacred G's are on the lineup, and Neil Vantali, who is unreal. Really amazing producer who also mixed Alexander McKenzie's new EP. Um, but Neil's going to be there doing a beat set, and that's going to be really dope. I saw him do one a couple months ago at the Frank Irwin Quintet album release show, and it was uh, it was really dope. And uh, Neil is just such an unreal producer, but he is on the bill. And then Stress who just played the fourth annual Dan Cable Presents Holidays Party just a few weeks ago. They are also on this bill, so if you're uh, looking for a local hip-hop show to come out to, that is January 24th, and you will hear more of that, or about that, rather, in uh, next week's episode. But we're going to get into this week's episode with Star Over Blue. Like I said, this is uh, such a fun hang, and... Um, I was complete strangers to Kendall and Dirk before uh, heading over to their their house for this uh, chat, and they were incredibly welcoming. And uh, yeah, we just got into it uh, super quickly, and uh, really enjoyed this conversation. And we ended up chatting for quite a while after we uh, turned the mics off too. We probably could have chatted for another hour or so on on the podcast but uh all the reasons to have these folks back in the future really uh dig their their most recent record which is called ordinary magic and and we definitely dive into that a bit in the episode and talk about some of the production and some of the particular tunes but uh yeah just some very very cool people and uh really stoked i got to hang out with them and um they've got quite a bit of music to uh to dive into on the on the streaming services so if you if you dig what you hear on this episode definitely check out the the full record of ordinary magic and then uh prior to that they released this ep that we briefly touched upon in the episode called money stealer and i really like that collection of tunes it has a completely different vibe some of it instrumentally and tonally reminds me of uh some explosions in the sky and i like that band quite a bit so um they've got that and then uh prior to that they released a record called space geist so uh yeah tons of tunes to check out and um make sure you give this band a follow if you dig what you're hearing on uh their their social medias or the, the old spotify's those uh those numbers are helpful for increasing visibility if you uh, if you dig what you're hearing. So 
go ahead and do that. And uh, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do episode 196. I will uh, put all the links in the episode notes so you can follow along with Star Over Blue. Don't forget to leave your iTunes reviews. Very important. Can't stress the importance of those enough. Big thanks to Kendall and Dirk for joining me for this hang. This was super fun. And we're going to kick things off with the first track off of the Ordinary Magic record, which is called Janeway. Let's do the damn thing. to uh 
jump into this thing, Star we Over are. Blue. <laughs> we we are. sure are. Super stoked to uh, sit down and chat with the both of you mm-hmm. about about the music. Um, I'm stoked to that it's both of you for the conversation. I'm sure it seems like this is the, the core of the band. And yeah. I'm sure that is true. Where the songwriting <laughs> dynamics yes. in yes. lie and whatnot, so it's nice to have both of you here for it. Um, yeah, I was telling you earlier that Zeke from Young Elk, who you're playing with at the Holocene on the 16th, is the, the person that turned me on to your, your band initially. So Awesome. Definitely have been on the radar for a while, and then I caught that, that Doug first show small million in the fourth wall yes which was good friends too yeah that was a really good show so that was my first exposure to uh star over blue in the in the live setting so that's a fun place to uh get to see that happen (laughs) sounds good there yeah yeah i'm glad you were there for that one nothing seemed to go horribly wrong that show so that was a good starting point (laughs) yeah um and yeah, I got familiar with the record, the new, the newest, most recent, the Ordinary Magic record after uh, seeing that show. So I was already familiar with it a bit, but definitely have been doing the the deep dive the last few days or so on it. And oh. I went way back. I went <laughs> way back oh. to that first EP. <laughs> yeah. Had had to uh, you know gain some context for some things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah like no. when you say way back, what do you mean? I went all the way to the. Is it the teaching chill? Is there tell the children? He went deep. He went really deep. Ba- hey, it's on the bank. Yeah. You put it out there. It's, yeah. it's available. Yeah, there was a time. Yeah, the hidden <laughs> era. Different, different name that I that shall not be named. Um, and yeah, we were a totally different vibe back then. We were going for a different thing. We were super into like neutral milk hotel and like like and a lot of our yeah friends were. Kendall was playing the ukulele. I was playing yes. like violin and banjo and um, yes. We were in music school at the time. Yeah, we had a melodica. <laughs> like yeah, it was one of you know. It was that, dabbled in a lot of. It was things. that like time during indie when like everybody felt like they could play anything like within a week. Yeah, you know what I mean. You just pick up anything, lock and spiel, buy, or whatever, buy an instrument I mean? from it's the like, thrift store and and, yeah. and accordion. I think we had an we accordion did. in we, there. Or something. We like bought an accordion from the pawn shop by San yeah. Jose State, I, which I still have under my yeah. bed actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the two of you have been playing music together for a long time, like yep. a, a decade or so, maybe over a decade. It's it's getting longer and longer. Yeah. I mean, we met in choir. Um, yeah. In like, yeah, music school, basically. Um, yeah, he was doing. Uh, he started there as piano composition, and I was there doing vocal performance. So I was studying opera singing, which my voice is absolutely not suited for. Uh, but it was really fun to try it, and I did it for I think my first couple years there until we both we both ended up just getting our music minor and we transitioned out of the music program into other ventures. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't finish that major for sure. That was a tough yeah. one to finish. And I think, yeah, we were both in the same theory class maybe, and I remember yeah. at the same time we were like both just, nope, we're not yeah, doing it this was just anymore. It got away from music into like mathematics or something, you know, when you start analyzing it too much and you're yeah, not, it you're did. not it's even sort feeling of anything. You're just like thinking about chords and numbers yeah. and like... Takes the magic out know. of it a little bit. And I mean, it's, it's good. In my opinion, it's good to know... It's good to know music theory to, you know, to mm-hmm. some extent or whatever extent you want. But for us, it just, it started becoming too academic and it did become a bit joyless. So we were like, you know, we're going to, we're going to stop that. <laughs> we're just going to keep uh, writing our music. And, um, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of. But it was a great experience otherwise. Yeah. yeah. And it did give sure. us a good foundation for, I mean, it, I think it impacted how we write and stuff. So. Yeah. yeah you have a, you have an understanding of, of theory and whatnot. Yeah. I, it does seem to go that way though. 
uh, a lot of the time, like yeah. maybe like a 50-50 thing. When, yeah. you, when you hear musicians that come out of a proper music school, they're either completely beaten down and, and need to take a break yeah. or, yeah. you know, or they find a lot of value in it. And, mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, I can totally see it going either way. Yeah, there's a, unfortunately a lot of ego, too, within music schools with the teachers and things and, you know, classical performers have, a, you know, there's just a lot of, like, competition and everything. Mm-hmm. So. And we, at our, at the time we were at San Jose State, there was a big emphasis on, uh, at least in the composition department, they were really into atonal music. And, uh, I mean, yeah, that just doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just not music, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, some of, some of that can be cool, but what we were exposed to, we both just, we would go to the concert listening hours sometimes and just kind of look at each other There's out like of the corner. Like bug noises and like the right most now? random, I mean, that's like, I don't even know what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's cool. Like, I mean, we... It's abstract. Man. It's very I'm abstract, very abstract. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just... can appreciate experimentation, though. Like, that's, there. there's, I'm sure there's cool music that's come out of that scene, but... Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Time. It's, you know, some people's things. It's like splatter painting and painting and stuff. Like, some people see value in it and... Mm-hmm. You know, I've had sometimes it turns it. out sometimes, really, really cool. Sometimes a five, <laughs> five year old can do it as well, you know, but <laughs> also true. yeah, but not to take away from it. But yeah. So you, you met in choir though, the mm-hmm. two of you, we did, yeah. did you kind of hit it off pretty quickly and start exploring yeah, so I, music together? Yeah, yeah. So I lied about playing the bass. Yeah. Yeah. So I had like posted, I had posted bandmates wanted posters all over our music building and mm-hmm. We had run into each other a couple of times. Like the music building at San Jose State was very confusing. It was like kind of like a labyrinth. And so we would see each other passing through the hallways and then we'd like see each other passing again. Like we both couldn't find the exit for the building. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was how we first like kind of bumped into each other. And then um, when I posted those flyers everywhere, he was one of the first people that responded and said that he wanted to be in the group. And, yeah. and uh, one of the positions I needed was... Um, the bass player. Bass. And um, I was playing keyboard at the time, which I do not do. I was not a keyboardist, never have been. She's really good at it. No, She's no, no, that She's is really, really, really not. True, yeah. Truthfully not. Not being self-deprecating, uh, I do not know yeah. how to play You can do it, though. Yeah. I, She's, I can, She's better I can, than she lets on. Yeah, sure. but, but anyway, so he comes in. He's, he's telling me he's a bassist. We, you know, we rehearsed together, and we had like eight people in the band at the time because that was the era of having a massive. and like, yeah. Band. Yeah, we had a flautist. Violin, and you have like, all those musicians yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. so it's that, like, they were yeah. all music that's students. just what happened. <laughs> they were like music <laughs> nerds, and they all needed like sheet music to play the thing, like arcade <laughs> fire stuff. And yeah, like, <laughs> it's like, you can just listen to it. But yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Funny. but but yeah. So he he comes on as a bassist and basically watches me playing, like struggling to play the keyboard for months, probably three to six months or something, and then he drops that he's a classical pianist. And I'm like, <laughs> you freaking like, okay, I'm done with this. And then, so I, I moved over to something else. He took over the keys and then we just reconfigured everybody. And then, yeah, yeah he, so basically the band started to take shape when he uh, showed his true colors. Yeah. His, his actual instrument. Not that you were bad at bass, but yeah. I mean, you know. If you go farther back with Kendall though, like Kendall used to, um, playing her own thing called Running to the Embassy, which you should look up, which I love. She shaking her head like, <laughs> it was like, what the fuck, dude? This is Why way back. This? And this is like, <laughs> this is she burn. wrote a lot of it like on a little Yamaha keyboard and it's just like so authentic and great. Um, yeah, it was yeah. me and my two best girlfriends and it was like, it was my first project that I ever had on my own because I was in a band 
when I was a kid, when I was 15, uh, in the San Diego music scene called For the High Seas uh, with with a couple people that I'm still friends with, actually, um, from from down in that scene. And uh, But then running to the embassy, yeah, I started that. Um, it was my first attempt at writing stuff completely by myself. And it was the most ridiculous, like, dorkiest. Oh, like so good. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> See, I don't even know if you're serious oh, when I you say that. Oh, I love that stuff. No, <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's like, it's so good to laugh <laughs> no, at when you're not know. around. So good. It's so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. No, I know. It really just, is. Just really dweeby keyboard lines and, like, kind of, like, 60s girl group harmony type things and just, just not... Hell yeah. yeah. Not something. And then, she, yeah. and then there was, like, a big change. She met me, and I was, like, super into, like, dramatic, dark, like... Chopin and like yeah, I mean these like ripping piano parts from and then she started writing darker stuff and all that light <laughs> fun stuff kind of went away for a little bit but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah unfortunately but yeah did you, did you start writing songs from a pretty young age Kendall uh yeah I think when I was I'm trying to remember when I auditioned for that group in high school I want to say I was 14 or 15 and um yeah there was just like a group of guys at my high s- no how old are you when you or, or what grade are you in when you're for you're in high school. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. 14, 15. So they posted something. They were looking for a vocalist for their group. And I think it started, they were wanting to do covers of the cure. Um, and I was like, that sounds cool. Uh, I want to do that. And there were barely any bands at our school or anything. So it just seemed like a cool opportunity to, to get into something a little bit different. It was like that band. And then there was like one screamo band that like went on to play together for like probably like 15 years yeah. or something. Um, which is actually do. like, Blink 182 like, was from her hometown oh, too. Blink 182 was so from So you're a San hometown. Diego person? Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. Cool. I but, grew up in, I grew up in Corona. Where's so Corona? It's Inland is that like, Empire. Okay. So like Riverside area? Oh, yeah. So gotcha. not, not too far from Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, his whole... From Redlands. Yeah. Oh, okay. Redlands. Yeah. 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 Yep. That's awesome. Right on. Yeah. Um, I'm very familiar with this. Uh, Southern California. So, so Cal Screamo, Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. You remember the days. Yeah. Yes. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm in it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. The, the other banner school is one of those groups. Like just serious staying power, which I, I respect very much. And I think they might even still be. Yeah. I think they might even still play together sometimes, which is really cool. But, um, but yeah. So I auditioned for this band. I had like this karaoke machine that it was like this two-sided thing where you could put the tape in one side and then you could put another tape on the other side and like record onto the other one. And so I auditioned with a song by the Donnas and then um, I like layered harmonies over it, like back and forth, back and forth on this tape thing. And so the guys were like, were like, whoa, like how'd you do that? And, <laughs> and you know, so it was kind of like a shoe in because I was like, cool, I got this machine. Yeah. Like I can make this work. And what are those things? <clears throat> harmonies. Yeah. yeah. I like that age. Too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was super fun. And then we, uh, the first song I ever played in a band was Just Like Heaven from The Cure, which is a great song to start with. And I, you know, plunked out the line on the synth and stuff and, um, yeah, that was kind of how I got into the whole thing. And we had nice all ages clubs down there. So they were very hospitable for our little band. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were you, uh, playing an instrument at the time of joining that band or were you just interested just, in singing just at that keys. point? Keys. Okay. And then I wrote the, yeah, the vocal stuff, all the, um, lyrics, harmonies, all that. Had you, had you been writing lyrics prior to joining the band or writing poetry of, of some form? Um, I'm trying to remember like the timeline of that. My my best friend at the time, uh, this sweet girl named Emily, her brother was in a like a rockabilly band and I always kinda like idolized her brother and I wanted to like be like on stage like her brother was and I wanna say it was like before that. I think it was when we were a little bit younger, maybe like <clears throat> like eleven to thirteen or something. And so she and I 
Um, yeah, we would like, we would try to write lyrics and things and like imagine we were in a rockabilly band and we had these like <laughs> big plans to like figure out how to play instruments and things. And, um, yeah, I ended up never being in a rockabilly band, but, uh, you know, it led to, to being in that group that I was in. So it was cool. It worked out. Yeah. Obviously like some sort of entry point too, of like seeing people doing the thing, yes. playing music. Yeah. And like someone, you know, too, I think was, was helpful. Cause I was able to kind of talk to him a little bit about it and like, um, and you know, we would see them practice at their, in their garage sometimes. And, um, and like I said, they had, they were pretty good with the all ages shows and things down there. So we were always able to go see them play. They were a couple years older than us, but, um, yeah, her, her mom would always take us and it was cool. Yeah. And Dirk, what about you before going to music school? Were you playing in bands or anything in uh, high school um, or were you just like so, yeah, shredding on that piano? Right out of high school. Yeah. So I was like playing classical piano when I was younger throughout high school, um, my best friend was in all these like screamo. Can you uh, talk metal, right into that thing? Metal bands. Um, <laughs> can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> metal bands. Um, yeah. So out of high school, yeah, I, I joined a band with my best friends, um, like the typical early two thousands. I don't know what that's called, pop punk, whatever. <laughs> lane, yeah, um, they had it up there too. Then I, yeah, then I played in a metal band as well, playing bass actually. Huh. So I knew how to play. So some you, bass. so you did play some. Yeah, bass. I knew how to play some. It wasn't bass. And it was like, like it was you know good metal, so it was like you know hard bass kind of. But, um, but yeah, the main like real focus came when I met Kendall for sure, um, like getting really into it because a lot of the times before that it was just me solo piano writing and playing things. So. You guys had some, like, crazy... Didn't you say you guys used to, like, rehearse in, like, a fish locker or something? Yeah, my buddy, yeah, <laughs> would drive around, like, shipping fish, bringing fish to people, like, stores <laughs> and things. So he worked at a place that stored the fish or Was it the metal band? So we used to practice in, the ref- <laughs> like, a freezer. So metal. And Yeah, it was so metal. And it smelled <laughs> bad. It was, like, 32 was degrees, so literally. Disgusting. And we wore, like, big jackets, and it was, like, it's, like, hot as hell down there, too. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, it was pretty metal, man. It, it built character for sure. Um, it's almost as metal as the puddle, puddle town of oh, practice spaces. You puddle know? town, yeah. practice Dude. space. Yeah. That's where we started. So, that's where we started in yeah. Portland. It all comes back. That's some metal. It's yeah. an interesting place, that those yeah. puddle town mm-hmm. yeah. spots. Yeah. We had a, yeah, when we first came up here, we had a practice space there and we had, I think, three metal bands. Yeah, we had, I think the way that our room was, Three walls were shared. Yeah, with so there other were nights bands. where we had three metal bands, <laughs> yeah. just full blast, just all coming through in the us. whatever plywood thing. Yeah, there, and <laughs> just <laughs> couldn't hear anything. Yeah, yeah, it was really hard because I don't sing loud. I sing basically like in a whisper half the time, and yeah, we would just kind of be standing there like, "Well, this really isn't going anywhere <laughs> yeah. because no one can hear anything that I'm doing right now." Yeah. After the both of you started playing music together, was it pretty quick that you started collaborating with the writing and of the of the tunes? Yeah, it definitely. Did, like immediately, right? It was immediately. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was it was me like writing piano things at first, and then yeah. even like banjo things, and just kind of all over the place. It was like everything yeah, it was it. like yeah. really erratic in retrospect. Like yeah, because he was writing these like classical piano things that I would sing over, and then yeah, we'd have these like random like banjo tunes that were like and yeah. super folksy harmonies and stuff like we just didn't know what we, we were wanted just super, to do yeah we, we just, had super disparate interests like yeah yeah eclectic kind <clears> of um 
things we're into. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just both coming from different places. And mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we were just into music in general. So we just get like stoked on like anything. That's kind of how we've always it. been. We'll like hear some song of some random show and be like, shit, that's so cool. Yeah. Like it just, it becomes very inspirational for Kendall's a on a sting kick then. right now. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. My friend. Um, She's my, never heard him before really. It blows yeah. My mind, it's man. insane. Yeah. My, Have you heard of the police? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, you know what? I honestly, of course I've heard of them, but I, the band was never on my radar. So many bands are like that. I hear you. I, yeah. I, it was only like the last five years or so that somebody got me really into the police. And yeah. I was like, okay. yo, this is fucking like amazing. I don't, I don't yeah. feel as bad now. But yeah, I, I just never had listened. And then so our one of our best friends who is actually our, our old drummer from San Jose, he came up um, before Christmas and he was like, check out this song. And he was playing me uh, Fill Her Up by Sting. And then we were driving around town and just playing Sting like the whole time. <laughs> I just like felt my eyes getting wider. I was like, yeah. this is so good. Like this is real music. This is so rad. And yeah. yeah, it's just so yeah, intricate and like subtle. I can't stop Subtly now. complex and yeah. It's also the best when you find an artist like that because there's so much to kind of deep so dive on. So much yeah. material, yeah. I know. I know. And I and I looked it up too and he's doing, you know, he's still touring. He's going to tour Europe this year and he's doing like a big stint in Las Vegas and stuff. So I'm like, you're like, I got to go. I'm getting big plans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were trying to make it line up because we're going to Vegas already for we're, we're going for the star trek convention oh, <laughs> so nice. i was like hoping that it would overlap but it's off by like a couple weeks which is horribly unfortunate but um we might just have to go to vegas yeah. <laughs> twice or three times just stay there yeah just stay for yeah, a while. yeah it's a hot place yeah. but yeah but i would really like to see him he's uh yeah i'm, I'm pretty stoked that i've been exposed to that now <laughs> Uh, you, yeah, you mentioned the the Star Trek convention, and oh, yeah. I know Jane Way. That's that's a, a reference to that. I don't. I only know that because I did some research. Oh, nice. So like, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, no, thanks I mean, for we don't want to take not over the whole heavy. conversation. With Star I'm not Trek. super heavy into the the Star Trek. We'll uh, the Star Trek both Kate. of you though, go deep on the on the she, Star no, Trek. No, it's mainly her. I've been it's, I've been getting into it. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I probably can't hear. Me, oh, but, you're all right. Um, you can hear a little bit. Yeah, I've been I've been getting into it because of her. I've been sitting on this couch watching. I've been forcing him to get entire Voyager series. The last month, um, we finally just finished it. Actually, and it was it's amazing. It's been more than a month. This has been happening since June or yeah. July now. Because <laughs> my my brother and I used to watch uh, the like another a different Star Trek series, The Next Generation, when we were kids. And then he came up and stayed with us for like a month this summer, and he we started watching Voyager. And then pretty much all we would do every single day for the whole time we was there was watch Voyager. And <laughs> it's it was. It was over seven years, I think, that they filmed the show. So, it, and there's seven seasons, and they all have like 20 plus episodes. So, it's a lot of material. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And they're each yeah. 45 minutes long. So, that gives you a taste of like what the past six months have been like. <laughs> yeah. like it's like my butt is like imprinted permanently into that couch right there. And yeah, I've done a lot of voyaging. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess my curiosity in lies is, is, does that stuff inform your writing process? Are you somebody that likes to write from a character's point of view rather than your own or a mix of both? I would say totally a mix. I mean, both of us sonically, lyrically, we're definitely influenced by science fiction. And um, I mean, yeah, Star Trek is is a great source of inspiration. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's it's probably, I don't know, maybe half and half. Just Just whatever strikes at the time. We have a lot of stuff that are written from, you know, my my personal perspective but um yeah we just grab bits and pieces of inspiration from from anywhere so yeah from time to time we'll do Mm -hmm. something from like a character perspective which 
um, you know, after listening to so much Sting, I'd really like to do more of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he has like a song from like a dog's perspective and like, yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, it's, he's, he's pretty deep into the, yeah, he's amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is that, is that something you've always been pretty comfortable with as far as writing from a different perspective than your own or something that you've always enjoyed? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think back to like some of the first things that I wrote and I, I don't think they really fell into that category. I think, um, uh, sometimes some of the stuff I write is just more abstract. So kind of not even necessarily from my own personal, but more just kind of capturing a vibe and, um, but I certainly like the idea of it. And I think for the stuff that we're writing this year, I'd like to, I think that'd be a good challenge for us. And I think also we are talking about that lately because I think it'd be like a cool way for us to actually collaborate more on the lyrics. Because for this past one, it was it was pretty much all my words. And I think it's a cool, um, it'd be cool if we could sort of venture together into that realm, like actually collaborating on the lyrics because we do everything else together. Yeah. Um, it's like yeah, sort definitely. of like the one untouched area and if you're doing if you're writing songs as like you know more as like storytelling I think that's a cool opportunity to come up with the stories together and mm-hmm. um, so yeah we'll see if that pans out and <laughs> yeah if not I'll just let you keep writing <laughs> lyrics, see what yeah. comes out <laughs> at this point is it even a thing where you're asking Dirk like for advice on lyrics or something or just like bouncing ideas off of him I mean we always kind of yeah, I always help out a little bit with just like little pieces of them. Yeah, just like if there's you know, like whether yeah, like a vibe of the word. If something, or something strikes him as like awkward or just seems unnatural, like I made her take out me. the word "baby" in a song in one of the songs. It wasn't. Like, it wasn't like ba- wasn't like "baby, exactly. I love you." Like, like it was Justin actually Bieber like a baby, baby, baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, a baby like a baby. Ch- it was like a, an infant. Yeah, it, it was wasn't. Infant. It wasn't. It wasn't even yeah. distasteful. I was just being probably I was overthinking it, but. Um, but yeah, it's little things like that. But yeah, you know, I'm yeah, super so into whole, like whole tweak stuff here. I'm there. super into like literature and like poetry and things, and it'd be fun to like yeah collaborate a little more on that mm-hmm. and bring yeah. that I vibe think into it. That's what we're gonna try for this year. For sure, I really dig the lyrics. I'm a fan. Thank you. Um, I think you do a really great job of leaving a lot of mystery. Thank you. Um, but also like allowing some vulnerability at the same time. So. Nice. I, I very much that. Yeah, I very much, so much appreciate that. And I don't know. They just Thanks seem... for looking at them. I always well, wonder if anyone ever like looks at them or actually hears them. So that's cool. I think it's uh, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't, like depending on what mm-hmm. it is. But it also just seemed like when I did look at the lyrics, there was a, like a very intense structure to them. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's true of like how you write, but it just seemed like it, yeah. was, it was very thought out. And whatnot. Well, yeah, thank you. They're really personal too. I don't know if you want to talk about that more, but I mean, just from I think, what you've yeah, been I think more recently. Your, yeah, yeah, with your family and dad passing away and everything, and you've really dove into that a lot with like her last EP. And um, I think, yeah, the I parlor think trick a... is pretty pretty relevant to that actually as well. Yeah, I mean, dealing with that. I mean, yeah, I don't know if you want to talk more about that or get. Yeah, that I mean, I think I think that it. was like a big. Uh, I think in in response to your question from before in terms of, you know, writing about personal experience versus from a character's perspective, I think more recently it's been more personal. Um, my dad passed away in 2015 and then we put out an EP shortly after that that was kind of all about that. Uh, it was the Money Stealer EP. Yeah. So we did that one and then I feel like a lot of the themes that kind of started on that one became uh, subject matter for parts of the new one too and... I mean the the new record it jumps around thematically like really like it's it's based on like just kind of fragments of conversations that I had with people over the period of a couple of years but there's definitely some of that and I think probably it is 
I think compared to like compared to Space Geist, the record we put out in 2016, I think this one is way more personal lyrically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, less less kind of yeah le- about like alien worlds and things that yeah. we were going for. Sci-fi. Yeah, exactly. Like sci-fi. That record this was like a sci-fi concept. This one's bringing it back down like to earth and like humans, you know, mm-hmm. um, everyday, you know, day-to-day human interactions and things. And yeah. it's fun to come back to that after having your head in the clouds a little bit mm-hmm. with things. Um, is, yeah. Is there a, a different sort of feeling or empowerment to that for you to like share more personal songs through the project and on stage? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a, it's a blessing to be able to express yourself in any way, whether that's through your lyrics or your art or whatever it is that you're creating. And I think, um, yeah, I think after that, just having that particular life experience, it did feel, you know, cathartic to be able to express it musically and to write about those things. And, um, like Dirk was saying, um, with uh, with po- <laughs> <laughs> professional broadcaster guys, <laughs> 196 episodes deep. Mm. Leave the sound on. You should have watched the like Eminem movie commercial from like what is that? Isn't that like Eminem's where they're telling you to like silence your? Mm. Oh yeah, it's, at the movies. Yeah, yes, the yes, movies. Yeah. it is the, it the is Eminem's, Eminem's right. Yeah, yeah, it's a peanut Eminem. Yeah. I think even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're like strapped to a bomb or something. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the movies a lot. Yeah. No, no, I knew I remember that. Yeah. So it's like stored away somewhere I know, in the back I there. But, um, but yeah, what was I going to say? Oh, um, you were saying parlor tricks. So yeah, just like that one, for example, like that one. Uh, so when my dad passed, that was like one of the first times I ever went to one of those places, like the, the mortuary or the mausoleum or whatever. And it just struck me as so just bizarre like the monetization of of that particular need um and the whole thing was just super super weird from start to finish just the interactions with the staff that work there and the whole and like those places too they they kind of feel like they're they're stuck in the 1970s because they have like really low ceilings and like all the like the interior it's like that dark wood and it just feels like just kind of small and weird and yeah <laughs> trying to yeah. upsell like coffins yes. or you know, upsell whatever. Upsell you on like the the, the pull, various the, the full package of whatever yes, creepiness. Because is, you yeah. want the best for your yeah. <laughs> deceased loved one and uh yeah and it's it's just very strange. And so um writing that one was like a incredible kind of emotional release because I had such a weird, strong feeling going into that place. And it's just not something that you typically talk about in polite conversation. Like, hey, so I went to a, a you know, I went to the mortuary <laughs> the other day. Like, it just doesn't come up. Yeah. Um, and and then so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're sitting here in uh, southeast right now, Selwood. We're basically... Uh, next door neighbors with giant Wilhelms, the like yeah. one of the biggest like funeral mausoleum homes, yeah. funeral homes in the in the West Coast. And um yeah, so I feel like that proximity to that kind of dredged all those feelings back up when we moved here. And um we were we were having a band date one day and we were all walking through Oaks Bottom and I was talking to James, our drummer, about it and just kind of all the memories of that whole thing. And then um that became the the inspiration to to do a parlor trick. So that's what that tune is about. Yeah, it's yeah. Those are wild places, and people work there. Yes, like every yeah. day too. You know, and that's, that's I know. 
It's kind of a wild thing. It yeah, really I remember is. in San Jose seeing there's a store called Coffins for Less. Oh yeah, <laughs> like literally, like with a four, the number four. <laughs> Coffins for it. Yeah, for less. I just you know yeah, there's that industry yeah. is real for sure. It's, it, it's, it's it a is. Trip, it is. It is fascinating and disturbing and yeah. yeah. And I've gotten pretty like you know in the weeds with that type of thing. Like there's a um, there's like a YouTube channel. It's this woman. I forget her name, but I think the the channel or the the premise is Ask a Mortician. And um, I was like, I watched like 50 of those videos in one day. And like, I didn't want to. I was like, <laughs> I don't want this knowledge in my You're brain. You're making me watch this. Yeah, like, I don't want to know about embalming. Like, I don't know what. There's a degree for it. Yeah. 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 You get a bachelor's. I actually have it. a family member who uh, who has a degree in being a mortician. I forget the name of it, yeah. but. But yeah, oh, but oh my God, it just, you can't stop watching them though yeah. because it's just the, yeah, the fascination is, is real like once you open that up because again, it's just not stuff that you talk about in everyday conversation typically. And It's um, crazy. Yeah, yeah I, have, I have a friend that does, that's what she does. Oh, and, you okay, so you actually know someone who does it. Yeah, and, all right. and Somebody she does it all to. like the embalming, like picking yeah. people up mm-hmm. like after they've passed and going to get them and, yeah. and, and then dealing with the families like... The whole thing. Oh, you so know? you probably know like a good it's, bit about the. Well, it's just why. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy to like hear those stories, it and is. then also, like I said, you have to like realize that those like that's somebody's every day is yeah. like every dealing day. with like somebody in their deepest stages yeah. of grief and yeah. and, and stuff like that. But also, you know, just like any other industry or system, there's there's shitty people exactly. in there, and, and there's great people and, too. Yeah. And there's, there it's are. a it's a business. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like that's the bottom line. Yeah. It's a business. It's monetized. It's a fact of life. It's capitalism. And yeah. It is it's bizarre. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're gonna play it out with Parlor Trick, but I figured now that we're talking about it, we can just jump into that jam <laughs> oh, instead. Yeah. Now, nice. throw it in the middle. Um, yeah. So this is this is Parlor Trick off of Ordinary Magic. To gaze upon a body when the soul is gone, a frame without a picture in it. My blurry eyes can't see yet, a black and wig without a flame.
So, so one of the things that uh, I definitely appreciate about the tunes and specifically about the Ordinary Magic record is just all of the, the spaciness and, and vibiness that, that seems to happen, like the, the dreamy pop music vibe and um, just seems to have a lot of character, especially listening in headphones. It's oh, like nice. the most fun Thank you listen for listening in headphones. to this music because <laughs> yeah. there are so many little textures on it and, and yeah. whatnot. Um, and uh, definitely has cinematic qualities, mm -hmm. which uh, you were talking about. That was some of like your early uh, flavors that you put on the band is kind of like the theatrical yeah. stuff. Yeah, like the bigger, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was super into like symphonies and things and um, yeah, movie music as well. Um, yeah, definitely. We're, we're super into just like creating, I don't know, I always try to like create almost like an alien world of sound you know even if it's like a normal it. song there's always got to mm -hmm. be some other thing that's kind of in the background yeah, creating some imagery exactly maybe, we like but, to know. tuck in just really subtle textures and stuff and it's all um it's it's typically you know his uh the roland hs60 or the juno 106 is responsible for a lot of those noises because it just mm -hmm. um I mean, ours isn't even in good shape. We ended up, Dirk ended up sampling it all out into a different keyboard because it's kind of crapping out and dying. But yeah. it's um the it's it's pretty erratic. Like some of the sounds that you can get with those patches and just like just scratchy wind noises or like 
weird, you can run, um, like, you know, an arpeggio, like a MIDI arpeggio through some patch like that and just get some sound you've never heard in your life and we'll just tuck that and in. And it'll never and exist again because, yes, like, you the never electronics emulate are, like, sparking. <laughs> yeah. <and> like <laughs> it's like literally crackling, the synth is yeah. going to die yeah. and that's the sound of the Juno dying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's been fun though. I think that's that's one of my favorite parts of um, like making music with him actually is because he's all about those like textural elements and like I feel like at this point neither of us feel like a track is really complete until it has those touches on it. Like it doesn't sound like us unless it's like, you know, the vocals are kind of shrouded in these little like background noises and things like that. And um, yeah, I think that's those those types of things are, are some of my favorite to add. Yeah, I think it definitely... You do a great job of creating a world to kind of slip into for mm, sure. Um, and I don't know, it just seems like with, with the Ordinary Magic record, there, there just seems to be a focus this time around. I don't know, going through all of the tunes, it just seems like there's a, a very, like, a tightness to these uh, mm-hmm. tunes, if that yeah, is a, a fair more statement. Um, we wrote them all much closer together, too, which is a first for us. Like, yeah. our last yeah. record, our last full-length Space Guys, we wrote that over, like, like five years or something yeah. crazy. And so there were different, yeah, totally different. Like, we were different people throughout the thing, and this one was, like, within six months. Yeah, and well, some of them. We had a couple that started it. I think Anemone was the track that started the new record, and then... Yeah, um, and it was purely, you know, we didn't have a fifth member with us at the time, so for this last record. Um, oh, so we yes, guitarist, we were actually... So we were just doing, like, We were writing more parts ourselves, too. keyboard-focused, um, yeah. because we just, we like to write things that we can somewhat play um, live, because, um, uh, you know, there are some bands that write things that just can't be played live unless they have a backing track or, like, yeah. you know, and I just, I can't stand, We've, I mean, not to get, you know, offend no. anybody, but I can't stand backing tracks for ourselves, at least. Um, yeah. Um, as, as a, like, just as a duo or something, but it's cool if you have a full band. Yeah, no, there are, there are definitely people who make that work, but yeah. Dirk and I have humiliated ourselves, like, more than once, like, attempting yeah, a backing track thing, off, and it's, like, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a it's its own wreck. skill. It's a hard thing. Yeah. It is so, hard. And sometimes it can come off really cheesy. Yeah. yeah. And then, a little I don't know, like you were saying, yeah. maybe, like, more in a full band setting when somebody's sliding in a backing track, it's yeah. a little less noticeable. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, but... That was one of my questions for sure that I had is that that's something when you are producing tunes together, that is something you're considering then like, hey, how are we going to do this live and Mm -hmm. not because I know like the other attitude towards it is obviously let's just serve the song in this production Mm -hmm. element and then we'll figure it out later. later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not that we're not completely that pure about it. I don't want to be like. No. Yeah, it's super arrogant about it. Yeah, we're not like that pure about it. No, there's, and there are certainly actually, like chameleon. We can't play live. There, right are, now. there are probably a couple songs <laughs> that, one that we they haven't can't figured out. And yeah. That one's vibing like with some yeah samples and things. But there so. is some consideration. Yeah, for definitely. that type yeah. of stuff. It's, when it's you important are for us songs. to be able to play it, <clears throat> to play it live yeah. and have it sound pretty true to form. And yeah, we just. Um, it's just the setting up the whole backing situation. We've talked about it so many times and we've seen so many bands do it really well in town here. Like um, our friends, small million are like the prime example of that. It is so good. It is so powerful. And it just like, it sounds massive and there's nothing about it where you're like, Hmm, that's not working. No, it's like, it's just big and beautiful. Yeah. And Dirk and I, that is a skill set we have just not <laughs> been we able learned to, how to do that. Yet. We don't, yeah, yeah. Sure. it's just at this point in time, it's, it's kind of not in our wheelhouse and, you know, maybe someday yeah. if we invest the time to figure out how to do that. But right now we're working with the, 
See, like yeah, I mean, I, I grew up on like classic rock with like my parents listening to that too. And it was just like, you know, having just a band just like risking it with just what they have on stage, you know. There is something like, fun about that. It like, sometimes doesn't work, you know what I mean? It's sometimes under, underwhelming, but like yeah. when it's like raw and just like even if they're a little off time and like, I don't know, there's mm-hmm. just something to that. Um, when it's like, yeah, there's a little risk involved and just a little more excitement. But on the on the life. flip side of that, though, like there's also a huge risk involved into playing with a click track live. Because yeah, because that is like argu- that's arguably yeah, more risky because that click track <laughs> that click track's not gonna adjust to your yeah, to you true. messing yeah, up. Sure, you know what sure. I mean? That's like, a great point. Yeah, I'm yeah. being elitist <laughs> about it for sure, just because we yeah. haven't tried the click track yeah. thing for sure. But <laughs> yeah, that's something that we should maybe. Uh, but yeah. sometimes. Um, our drummer like rehearses like as a as a good drummer should he he plays with a click track all the time and he tries to get us to do it you know a couple run throughs in our practice and <laughs> it can be really frustrating sometimes when like he'll like flip it on to check that we're all still good and like you know like half the time we're still like cruising with the click track and the original you know original tempo and then sometimes we're just like whoa you need to turn that off like <laughs> we we have moved on from yeah. that and yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's uh it's definitely interesting especially doing this for like four years now and talking to so many different people about their processes about mm-hmm. just how different things serve different projects yes. so differently you know mm-hmm. like yep. last last episode i had maurice and the stiff sisters on and we were talking about how how important like live takes can be of, of capturing so much live instrumentation as mm-hmm. possible for feel mm-hmm. but then I listen to something like Ordinary Magic and I feel like maybe that's all a little more like layered and mm-hmm. produced and, yeah. and mm-hmm. built rather than like jammed out. Mm-hmm. And very, so very it's true. like it's yeah. just different things serve different projects. Yeah, definitely. You know? yeah. And I feel like we were just talking about that today too. Um, Dirk's going to be helping a, a friend of ours um, record their first record, I think. And um, they were talking, were you guys talking about, you know, tracking them live yeah, whether versus using to, like, a click. click track or not and that's kind of like always yeah. a, a, a debate and some people are like dogmatic about always using a click track and that's kind of uh, the camp that i fall into because i like to be able to you know yeah manipulate we, we definitely struggle and, with each other like doing we, that having that kind of like, fight a lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> well not fight but there's definitely no, a difference in opinion with that approach because be she's super like yeah. yeah she spends hours working on her vocals they're so perfectly in tune and like perfectly on time and like I have, I have pretty bad, yeah. like obsessive compulsive with that type of thing. So it's yeah, like, yeah. even if something doesn't necessarily sound like objectively sound off, if I know like something is wrong with it, sometimes I'll like beat myself yeah, she's up and fix it. <laughs> she's like, she is like the most in tune singer. No, that, that is not true. One of that's the most <laughs> in tune singers I've ever met. But um, if, if that were true, I wouldn't have to take so many takes. Yeah, that's now true. Would I? <laughs> well, it comes out sounding that way at least. We don't use auto tune. That's what, yeah. Uh, so, um, <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely a struggle with that for sure. Um, yeah, we and, and we ordinary did, magic was definitely a little more. To we the used grid, a, we used a like click a on more, every everything we used for like, this one. Yeah, unfortunately, like some things are like <laughs> I don't even want to say it, but like MIDI and like you know it just I don't know kind of yeah know, it drives me a little crazy to, do you, to use that too much. But do um, you, do you feel with like the music that you're making right now? It is more of like a producer role and building tracks rather than like jamming them out or the, yeah, that record it was it for was sure. yeah and it was a lot of that had to do with not having a practice space um like our previous records we had a practice space with five people in you know yeah. down, out, down when we were still in, in San a comfortable practice space without metal bands you know surrounding, surrounding <laughs> us and yeah. um yeah here it was like i built a lot of these tracks in ableton on my laptop during like breaks 
and as you know just demos or whatever and then we just that was what we had and yeah and we would just was, kind of expand on those and then um, you know we'd share them out with the rest of the group and um yeah it was definitely a different could, approach but. and it was fun it was like but i, I kind of want to blend both now and um, yeah get we, back to that um yeah. natural plus the produced feel for sure mm-hmm. and um, i think yeah and, and for me one of the biggest things we're missing is the um you know, it's harder to collaborate when you're doing everything like in the box. And, um, you know, so we were coming up with like bass lines and ideas for drum parts and things. And, um, honestly it's, it can be so much more fun and satisfying to just have your actual drummer, like bring, you know, their own flavor to it kind of uninhibited about by whatever your vision for it was. So yeah, yeah it's the process is going to constantly evolve, but, um, the, but that is how it, was for for the ordinary magic album yeah yeah and so do some of those tracks just come from a beat starting first then rather than like a melodic instrument yep um yeah or usually like a synth riff or something synth riff Mm -hmm. like in any it was it started with the the little synth line in seven and then the song just was built around that Mm -hmm. and um but it's yeah, usually an it instrument, was, actually. I don't know if we've ever started anything. Like, if I've ever just had, like, yeah, a drum Yeah, I'm trying to think if we started. Like, oh, actually, we did. Yeah, um, two pools started with a drum beat. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> a little yeah. shuffle thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's usually, like, a... But usually, like, a, a rhythmic instrument. It's not usually, like, a melody. Yeah. We usually try to get, like, a vibe going. That's, yeah. For this one, at least, it was more like a... You know, not, like, looping, kind of. Just getting... My idea was to get, like, more of, like, a pulse going throughout each track. Okay. And always have like a, you know, we, we, from our previous stuff, we'd always kind of have like meandering things that stopped and, and then yeah. went again. And like, yeah, on our last album, Space Guys, a lot of the song structures were like, uh, how did we say that? Like, they were kind of, I guess, like linear as opposed to like the A, B, A, B structure. Like, they would go like A, B, okay. C, D, E. Yeah, then, a little more progressive. Yeah, yeah like so rocky kind of. Yeah. 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 And I guess that's what yeah. I meant between like the ordinary magic tunes opposed to those ones, mm-hmm. uh, as far as like being a little tighter and focused. Yeah, yeah. a little shorter kinda, for sure. Yeah, like, they are not shorter five too. Minutes long. Yeah. But yeah. there still is like a really nice balance of, of the hooky, poppy elements yeah. and the, you know, the, the progressive experimental yeah. stuff is yeah. still there. It's yeah. just been like touched upon differently, yeah. I think. For sure. I mean, I'm Kendall's obsessed with drums too. So The drums um, are my favorite the instrument. She'll never let us do the do do dot drum beat, man, the whole <laughs> no. song. She will like. The die drums are like all I it. listen to in music. <laughs> like, yeah. so drums funny. and vocal yeah. harmonies. And yeah, I think that was, I think for us uh, working with Ableton for the first time and being able to like kind of put the ideas that we had for you know percussion and things like that and to to put those into the computer and like hear them come to life yeah uh was really exciting that was probably the most fun (laughs) it sounds killer especially um a song that stands out to me is the howl makes no sound oh yeah Um, i love how spacey that tune gets especially with that vocal sample that is in there what is that from oh the the talking thing so it's uh it's Ginsburg. Yeah, that's uh, literally, uh, that is Allen Ginsberg reversed. Um, and that's yeah. from his poem, Howl. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if 
if that's a copyright thing or not. Well, it's probably copyright infringement. But we, you know, we flipped it and like detuned it no, and yeah. did some so stuff. It's, so it's, it's public fine. domain. Yeah, is it? Okay. Yeah, sure. Totally. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Totally. I was going with that. You can tell that. him I said so. <laughs> when, when, there's, <laughs> when you get your lawsuit. I was advised yeah. that, that this was public this domain. This dude, he <laughs> came over and he had a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> he said it was cool. Yeah. He said it was all public domain and unusable. But yeah, that one's almost like an outlier. Like I would love to write an entire album like that thing. Um yeah, that was um. Yeah, Dirk. That one's Dirk like came up with the riff for that and, and the beat and everything. <laughs> I remember when he sent me that. I was like, I've only been to one bachelorette party in my life, and I happened to be at this bachelorette party, and it was the most like incongruous thing I've ever experienced. Like this like raging party was like going on around me, and Dirk's like, "Hey, I sent you the track." So I steal away <laughs> into this room, and he sends me this like demonic sounding riff, and I was like. Yeah, it's like, like what is this? It's and borderline like, like atonal when you hear yeah, it. Yeah, and I was yeah. just like listening to it. Back like, to the atonal shit. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah see, it, it like infiltrated. <laughs> I think it is like it, I'm not totally sure. I'm probably wrong, but didn't we? Did we decide it's like a tritone, like the creepy like Satan chord or whatever? Uh, or, that, or is that the interval? hairy shit that's going on? Like it's there, just that da, da, da. <laughs> like that that baseline is okay. whatever yeah. that thing's it's doing. It's just it just sounds and the demonic, hairy shit is like it's going through a broken space echo. I love that. Yeah, that stuff yeah. is very cool. Yeah, that like, space echo is just this mangled yeah, piece of tape. It just super like cool. yeah. that's the that's the thing like where you really I feel like you get it out of the headphone yeah. experience when you yeah. listen to that stuff. Yeah, definitely get it. That's like alien world shit to me that I just love. so good. You're not going to find that anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. And that's, that's why I love broken old things for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like and broken old machines. Yeah. You yeah. were talking about your love for the, the drums and the sounds of all that. I think that's one of the songs like that last minute, mm-hmm. the percussion starts. Yeah. Where, going the, where the actual nutty. live drums come yeah. in at the end. Yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of the few <laughs> it times so that angry she kind of like, like unleashed huge. her vocals and went from not being <laughs> quiet to like really letting it go and it, it's cool yeah, to hear the, like the, the outro that one originally had no vocals on it and and Dirk was basically like what's wrong with you like you have to put vocals on that and I was like <laughs> I was like I don't want to like it doesn't feel like it's in a comfortable spot in my voice and so we fought about it for probably days and then eventually I ended up locking myself down there and just like forcing out like chest voice which I, I very rarely sing in chest voice and I like I had to take like a billion takes of it to finally get comfortable with how it was feeling and then I think it turned out cool though like I feel like um I feel like that section it ended up feeling like emotionally satisfying um and I'm glad that <laughs> I'm actually glad yeah, you pushed you me to like put it on there yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's definitely yeah one of my favorite tracks awesome. on the record I had I had trouble picking three for sure. I think that's like, really nice of you. I think that's they all nice have like just uh, I don't know moments I look forward to. I think in the songs and mm-hmm. they, nice. I think as cohesive as they sound, there's definitely uh, I don't know. They each have their own little vibe to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, they almost still sound like all over the place. Like because it's going back to like our very first time we ever wrote anything. We're still into so many different things, <laughs> and like how is literally like a. I mean, I you know, like Porter's head or some like vibey thing, and then you got, I don't know what else is in there. I mean, all the other ones are totally different um, vibes for sure. So yeah, um, but I do think because they were written much closer together, I think yeah. we were kind of in the same headspace, and I yeah, think for that sure. hopefully, it, and it sounds like maybe made it feel more cohesive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I really dig uh, Ruby, the interlude. Oh yeah, the instrumental, <laughs> and that seems to be something that has existed through the catalog is yeah those I, get to, I get moments. to do a little two two minute yeah piano yeah. piece and keep my chops going some you know more or less um yeah for sure bring in my like chopin yeah. 
Yeah, those yeah, are like thing. the most important parts of our records in my eyes, like making sure that we have like, it's just like a tradition at this point, like every record that we've ever put out full length and sometimes the EPs too, um, it's important to have that, you know, sometimes one or multiple. Yeah, she pushes me know, to pieces. do it for sure. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I just, yeah, I think it's a special, it's a special sound and it's fun to like take the, um, basically like he records the piano part for those, like the main line and then I'll like, you know, shroud it and all the textures and stuff and run it through pedals. And yeah, it's usually the, the other way around, but yeah. Yeah. But for your piano stuff, thing, yeah. I, I take, yeah. <laughs> I take the reins on yeah. those ones cause I just, I love them so much. Yeah. No, it's cool. I, I like that. Like to kind of keep that going yeah. throughout mm-hmm. the catalog I think is cool and yeah I don't know I think those moments are are nice just for like a breath yeah, sometimes within sure. a record and I, th- I thought the Ruby one definitely slides in there nicely yeah that's awesome man I think that's my favorite one that you've done thank you he, he, he wrote it for our cat no <laughs> but our cat she made me name our, it after the cat but I, I, my cat watched me write it though it she was like so the cutest thing she sat like right there and like watched him write it and she wasn't she with you when you recorded it yep she was like sitting in a little loaf by him on the piano bench downstairs <laughs> while he was yeah, recording it was, it was pretty ridiculous it was awesome yeah. yeah so the two of you obviously have some different points of view about like creating music and and different ideas but what do you think is the dynamic that exists between you that that makes this thing work for so long? I don't know. I think it's just like an unsaid understanding of what we like, you know, like, in, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, we just know when we like something that is quality and is our vibe or something, you know and what I mean? I think, we just understand yeah. that. Like, And I think we, a big part of it is like trust. Like, I think both of us trust each other's opinions so much at this point, like, if, if Dirk feels like something is like awkward and bad, I'm going to trust that. And, you know, we'll fight it out sometimes and, you know, who knows who's going to win. But um, <clears throat> for me, I think that's, I think that's why we've kept going after over a decade. And it's like, I mean, it can be like pretty bad sometimes. <laughs> like we, we fight a lot about it. <laughs> yeah. And, like, we're pretty hard headed about it. For, yeah. For sure. And like with the last record, like it was it was like the worst it's ever been like fighting wise, but like it's the weather, man. Yeah. It's this damn freaking <laughs> David weather. Portland. Here, yeah. Yeah, it's dude. this weather. No, but I mean, we were You're doing that complaining in the, about it. Yeah. we were doing that in the summer though. Like arguably that was the most like That's beautiful true. time of year. So I think the, the problem is us, nice. but, but no, I mean, we keep doing it. Cause I think like for all the, you know, the turmoil and stuff and the, the arguing and the creative differences, I think, um, the feeling of being able to like look back or like hold in your hand, like a physical copy of something that you created together, this little like time capsule of music that you, you know, you fought and cried your way through <laughs> with, you know, someone that you've been working at with for so long. I think that's, that's why we just don't stop doing it. Even though like, you know, on someone will make empty threats from time to time that it's all <laughs> over, but it's, it's the, the fact of the matter is it's never it's going good. to be over. Um, it's yeah. forged in the iron of conflict. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Is that the opposite Some, of that? I don't Something know. Like that's that. forged sounds, in the fire. Sounds, the fire of iron. Legit. Yeah. I meant, yeah. Forged, okay. The iron is forged the in fire, the fire. The fire is there. <laughs> the irons are there. The words are there. And you guys are fighting. Yeah. <laughs> and it great. turns out good. Just great. Sounds <laughs> 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 sounds wonderful yeah. <laughs> sounds about right yeah but yeah you know we've thought about like even getting like a, a producer or somebody just like an outside 
third person to kind of break some of these <laughs> deadlocks we get into. And, it would, you know, and then we always and then we always scrap the idea yeah, that we're like, like, no, we got nah, this. I just like whatever. what you did like, better. It's fine. Nice, yeah. nice. Let's, just, let's so, just trust ourselves. I think I think for the you know some of the future things that would be a good idea to get you know a friendly producer, <clears> maybe <throat> you know, yeah. voice in there, not maybe completely take it over but um as long as we can override them at any time yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> with that understanding yeah you know uh, well yeah. i mean being that you you are both also romantic partners in crime do you feel like that like takes down a lot of the creative boundaries and that you can just be like really honest and emotional about the tunes to yeah. a level that you wouldn't be able to for better or for worse for better yeah. or for worse yeah. yeah i mean i can't imagine i think even bandmates probably just get sick of each other on tour, you know, like, right. Being, yeah. Like in that emotional conflict that happens with recording. I mean, we do like devote all of our time or we have been for the last 10 years around music. Like all of our vacation time is like for touring or yeah. recording for the week. Like, we don't like take trips together and yeah. we're starting to it's now our, finally like right, our trips are need to, like take care of our relationship now <laughs> kind of yeah. se- kind of yeah. separate those that things is, sometimes that is kind of what like, happens unfortunately like our relationship will sometimes it honestly will get back burnered like for the band stuff and yeah, yeah. and we're just like business like partners well, or something well, yeah. angry I'm, business yeah. partners yelling at each other yeah, yeah. late I mean, into the night cuz it seems like you know it's ideal like oh your partner is the person you create with but then there also yeah. is that to deal with yeah. too of, yeah. of like oh we do need to separate this somehow and yeah. like yeah. all of our it is spending our time together can't be during rehearsal yeah. or at shows yes. or touring definitely exactly. it's the agony and the ecstasy for sure and when it works it's yeah it's great you know and there's nothing like yeah it, there's but. nothing like it there's nothing better but it is yeah i mean that lack of boundaries can be hard and it's you know it's sometimes it's really difficult not to let like a musical argument like transfer over to the other side and then you're like <laughs> yeah, going to bed angry and like actually, it's pretty much impossible. you can't just yeah. jump to like what do you want for dinner after <laughs> yeah, like yeah, no. you i you said you didn't like this riff <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. like we're not speaking until tomorrow <laughs> no i have i have rules for that for sure like if she's like written something or worked really hard all day on something and she wants to show it to me at like midnight and I'm like sleepy in bed and I'm not going to show the right reaction maybe because I'm tired. Yeah, because like, basically I just tell her to wait till the next day because like he I makes fun not. of me because I watch him like this, like yeah. while he's listening to a and new demo. Like, okay, listeners can't see to, me, but yeah. yeah, I'm like basically bug eyed staring at his just every right facial expression. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, does he like it? Is he like wincing, cringing? Does he hate this? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, because we do, we look for each other's um, mm-hmm. validation and like in everything we do. So, yeah. Um, if like yeah, that's how I feel. Like basically, if I could get your stamp of approval on it and like feel like we're on the same page, then I feel like it's the right direction. It's the right thing. And yeah, 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 for sure. Well, so. yeah, you said you you know you obviously trust each other too, so that mm-hmm. validation is important. Yeah, but yeah. That's so rad though that you have you know ten years of music or so to like yeah just getting to started look back too, on just yeah, getting yeah. started like, you know, all <laughs> God these, yeah just these little artifacts along the way yeah just i mean keep making tunes yeah we're definitely I, I mean i'm in it for life you know that's Same the kind of mentality and it's like always been the the goal to just keep doing it regardless of whatever you know mm-hmm. um yeah i mean that's the beauty of of music and and not doing like sports or something where your knees give out you know you can do yeah. this for until you're 90 years old, you know. And, I hear you, man. Um, God willing. Yeah. Yep. For sure. I'm trying to do yeah. both. I'm trying to play play sports still. It's yeah, yeah. Getting brutal. Well, you I know? did that for a long time. Too, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sore leaving the hockey rink yeah, these for days. Sure. <laughs> indoor soccer. I was doing some indoor soccer. Yeah. Really Dirk, Dirk would come home and be like hobbling <laughs> yeah. steps. And yeah. Like, yeah. For sure. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't get those same same sores playing uh, playing music. <laughs> no, you know? well, sometimes you know. <laughs> I mean, if your if you your technique's bad, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If you're obsessive about your uh, yeah. your playing, I yeah. probably did some damage to my like spine or something. Like working on the record this summer, like hunched over that <laughs> desk down there. It's like the least ergonomic seating yeah. situation. The desk like, is, like up you the know, desk like is two like feet above her like shoulders. Yeah, basically. it's, it's like, yeah, <laughs> so you're sitting. like sitting like a like an ape basically. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. yeah. it's just <laughs> it's all wrong. Yeah, there can definitely be like music related yeah. injuries, but not the same. But yeah, but I think I think we'll uh, we'll keep going. You'll survive. We'll survive. survive. We'll survive. We'll survive. Yes. You will. You will play your show at the <laughs> Holocene. Yes, on we're January sixteenth. We're gonna make yes. it till next Thursday at least. So it would be great if you could be there with uh, Silver Metal and Young Elk. Yep. Silver Metal needs to be on the podcast. They're on the list. And they're young, awesome. Yeah, young they're Elk, such awesome man. guys. Yeah. That that episode with Zeke was a long time ago, so I think I haven't even listened I'm to due that to yet. Catch I up with him for for a follow up. That's for sure. Nice. That's that's also the fun thing of doing it for a while now. It's like there's we can revisit these. You're on to your after. like second episode. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's Some people great. are like on episode three and four. You that's know? So we're just cool. hanging out at this point. That's we're not cool. even we're not even talking about music. Yeah. <laughs> we're just talking about Star Trek. Yeah, that'll be our relationship dynamics. You can come over on this day next year, and we'll talk all about Star Trek Voyager. I actually was thinking maybe I just come over on a bad day. I could document that. Yeah, that would be really entertaining. Then we can have a discussion after, like a therapy. So how did this how did this all come about? What can we do to fix this Because situation? the important thing is a very nice song came out. Yes, right? for sure. And that's what's important. <laughs> yes, it was worth it. I don't want to ever hear that song again. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Uh, yeah. Well, that's anything. Anybody, yeah, I guarantee people work on something like that hard. They don't want to listen to it. The thing for mm-hmm. a while. Yeah, <laughs> that happened yourself. with a track yeah. uh, "Chameleon" on this record. That was the one. Like that was the one that almost ruined everything. <laughs> like uh, we we had like the mixers mix, and then we had the original demo mix, and the band was like, "Use the demo mix. Like the demo mix is so cool." And then we we're like, "But the the mixers mix has to be better. It's the mixers mix." And then so we started like tweaking the demo mix so it became something else. And then we we're just <laughs> it was like. It was the worst thing. And it was thing. like and it an was hour this... left before we were like printing the series. Yeah. And yeah, yes, it was, that, it was, that was, it was the, like the final, was... like, yeah, the final moments before we, what, we had to send it to mastering, I yeah, guess, or yeah, something. Yeah. And yeah, and we were like screaming at each other in the car. Like we played this one the, sounds better. This one no. sounds better. And then I was like, no, that one is. But then it wasn't <laughs> the one I thought it was. You're not hearing what I'm hearing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was awful. It was like excruciating. And my poor brother was visiting and he was just like, I remember his face. He was just sitting on the couch like stunned and i was like this is happening so sorry (laughs) and it was my it was on my it was on my 30th birthday too that was that day i think like i pulled an all-nighter i stayed i was like trying to record vocals for whatever the last song was and um and i stayed up i was down there like four in the morning no i was down there till 7 30 in the morning i saw the sunrise and I was like, She's hardcore. I was like oh, this is really bad. And so I went to bed and then and then the chameleon incident happened like later in the day. That day was ridiculous. And then he tried to like so we had the chameleon track argument and then he tried to bake me a birthday cake to like salvage everything. <laughs> so he was trying to make me an How'd angel that go, food. The cake. I messed up when I flipped over the angel food cake. No, he man. didn't. You didn't flip it. Like you gotta flip it onto a bottle. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that it doesn't like collapse on itself. Yeah. It's a very delicate cake. So you flip it onto the bottle. And what have you been watching? The Great British Baking Show? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I have been. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> Me show. Me too. It's, it's a good one. That's a good you show. know what's up. But I still didn't learn how to cook an angel food cake, which is like the easiest thing. The ever. final, most important step is you flip the cake upside down. And so I came down the stairs and I was like, oh, you made cake. And then basically the cake's like collapsing. It was a pancake. In front of me. Yeah. Literally it flattened like to the thing. And it, it was still just... tasted good. Nobody <laughs> made it. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. It just like, I'll never forget like the vision of like that, like that deformed cake, <laughs> just like after like a sleepless night and then like that argument about the track. It was just like, this is. Yeah. It's all so silly now. I know. That's it's, what's good. It's absurd. Yeah. No, yeah. but, but I'm still never going to listen <laughs> to that track again. So, you know. Well, someone else can. Yeah, yeah somebody else <laughs> yeah. can. They're not going to hear it live no, on, uh, on the 16th because they uh, can't play it. <laughs> we can't no. play that for So a, don't even have to worry about that. And emotional reasons. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even have to worry about yeah. digging into that. <laughs> uh, but I would encourage people to, uh, you know, go on the streaming services wherever they listen to music and, and find your tune. So we'll definitely put all the links in the episode notes so people can follow along with what you're doing. Nice. Um, this was really fun. This was, this man. Was really yeah. Fun. Thank you guys. We for haven't it. we haven't talked this openly. I don't think to anybody. I don't think anyone's wow. ever asked oh us real God. questions. Well, what have we said? <laughs> I don't know what just happened, but <laughs> that's cool. I'm gonna use that as a soundbite. I don't feel like anybody else has asked us real questions before. That's gonna yeah. go on my highlight reel. No, that's, <laughs> it's true, man. It's great. <laughs> it's kind of kind of true though. Yeah. Was, this is super rad. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, yeah. The 16th, Holocene. Yes. I'll put it in the intro, too, so people have heard it like six times now, and they're like, Excellent. I'm going to the Holocene on the 16th to see Young Elk and Silver Medal. Yep. And it's their uh, EP release, too. So yes. Yeah, Silver Medal's yeah. Yeah. Silver EP Metals release, EP right? Yep. Um, and these lovely people, Star Over Blue. <laughs> uh, we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is, it's a program. <laughs> So if y'all want to do it together, that would be really cool yep. if that's a thing. If, if do you want to do like a count in? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. I'm, I don't want to I don't want to lead you astray. Okay. So okay, whatever I'll, I'll whatever usually works for you too. I'm going to do like a one, two, three. It's, yeah. okay. it's, it's a, a program. program. They nailed it, everybody. It's Star Over Blue. Uh, thanks so much for hanging out. Thank you. Man. Thank you so much. We are going to play it out with uh, an enemy. Yes. Um, we're going to play it out with that jam, which is on the Ordinary Magic record. So people should go check that out. And that is the Jelly Jams. And we will catch you on the flip side, Portland. Cool. Thank you, man.
husband. It's, it's a, a program. program.